Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Good morning, 9 o'clock. It came early this morning for myself, but heck, it's it's bright and sunny. It's not snowing. It's not snowing. I, I'll do add that out there. I, it was I I get it. it. It's it snowed for the first time. Didn't stick. Thank the Lord, it didn't stick yet, which it's going to hear soon. But uh, yeah, no, the snow fell yesterday. The thing is, that's not going to fall today. Is snow, and uh, the thing that's going to fall tomorrow is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get more of that a little bit later on in the show. Um, yeah, no, the show's going to be about the Kansas City Chiefs and Raiders for the first uh, first part. I mean, of course, baseball is around here as well. We're going to talk about that. Um, of course, fantasy football is around the corner. Got to talk about that. Some money line lines. I'm adding that into here because, I mean, money line, people want to make money. I want to make money. Anytime I, people want to make money, you better tune into the bottom of the hour here because we're going to try to make some money and also more baseball awards to get into. And guess what? Guess what? I got back into something last night. We'll discuss further towards the end of the show. But once again, I'm Kramer. This is Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. You can always chime in onto the show via Twitter, via Snapchat. Heck, you can go into my YouTube comment sections, Kramer Sanson Network on there. If you want to discuss anything with me during the show or after the show, feel free to hit me up at Kramer Talks. And we're just going to you know, get some things rolling here. As I get the confirmation text from my mother, I am on the air. Thanks, Mom, for listening. I know you're the only one out there listening to it, so I appreciate you for that. But Raiders Chiefs, Sunday night, it's Raiders week if you are a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but it's Chiefs week if you're a Las Vegas Raiders fan. So what's going to happen this week or tomorrow night, which is awesome because it is a Sunday night football game, and it's going to be a grounded pound, shut your mouth, smash mouth, and... Some defense is going to be involved. I think this game could go one or two ways. It can be a, a complete shootout, like if you haven't noticed on the Arrowhead Pride Madden Sims that I do. The Chiefs won 48-31, I believe. Complete shootout the entire time. I think Mahomes had over 400 passing yards. Derek Carr had over 400 passing yards. I don't see that happening in the game, but I could see this game possibly turning into a possible shootout. But also, we can see this game... Happen like what we saw on Thursday night against the Miami Dolphins and the Ravens, where it was pretty much a 15 to 9 football game the entire game. So I, I think we're going to possibly this time meet in the middle. Like I, I, I had the Raiders beating the Chiefs 28 to 24. So I'm just because I mean, I just want to see if I can, uh, you know, play it safe in that way, but I don't see the Chiefs winning by a, a huge margin if they do win, and I don't see the Raiders winning by a huge mar- margin if they do win as well. And there's a, a few keys and components to that because of how the Raiders played last week. Derek Carr did not look good whatsoever in the red zone, which that's always been the struggles for the past two to three years with Derek Carr, is trying to get that ball in the red zone, which he does it quite well. It's just getting from that 20-yard line, getting 20 yards into the end zone is what he has the problem with. And it's whether if it's going to be a forcing a turnover or just ending it on with a field goal with Carlson, which Carlson is money from 40 inside. So that's a possibility of how the Raiders could possibly win if Derek Carr just can't 
be efficient enough in the red zone and the Chiefs could force a couple of turnovers. But I I say the Raiders win if Derek Carr is efficient and if Josh Jacobs scores two touchdowns. This is a game that I think we're going to see Josh Jacobs break out. I wouldn't say he's at a slump at all this season, but he's at least had a, a down part year. Granted, he missed three to four games due to injury, and he's been banged up quite, quite a bit within the past three years since his being drafted to the Raiders. So there's at least a, a factor of him getting out of his slump or getting out of his his getting back into his mojo per se because this is a guy that's the pet the first two seasons of his career he's been over a thousand yards rushing he's uh, touched the 10 touchdown marks he's getting into that area so this is a, a good game to go against a not good run defense I think the Chiefs what ranked I maybe 30th in the league on the run defense which I don't understand why people shine away from the run because, I mean, the Green Bay Packers last week, granted, I know Jordan Love was making his uh, his start, but if he would have kept running the ball with A.J. Dillon, the Packers probably still could have won that game. But that's why I think Josh Jacobs, you can even add Kenyon Drake into this uh, factor, they're going to be running, they're going to use the, court, the, the running backs a lot, whether if it's a pass catching or just, just running it down your throat. That's what the, the Raiders are going to do best against the Chiefs because the Chiefs, Chiefs defense... I, I get it. Everybody's going to be like, okay, the Chiefs have actually done good on defense the past few weeks, but they held uh, the Giants two weeks ago under 20 points. They held the Packers under 10 points the past past week. You went against Daniel Jones, who didn't have Kenny Galladay. Sterling Shepard played, got hurt. Tooney played. He got hurt in the game but came back. But there was no weapons around. Saquon Barkley didn't even play either against the Giants two weeks ago for the Giants. So... I, I don't want to hear it. that offense was terrible for the Giants. So that defense, you can't really say, oh, yeah, this defense uh, buckled down against the Giants. You won by three points or four points, whatever the margin was. It was two weeks ago. It's it's as a, a, a play of the game and then just forget about it and keep moving on to the next one. Then last week, the Chiefs played against the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, if he would have played that game, Aaron Rodgers would have just cut up the Chiefs the entire game. It would have been the Chiefs would have kept their score, I think, of what, 16 or 13 or whatever, how many points they scored. And the Packers probably would have put up 30. Because that's just how Aaron Rodgers is. Jordan Love looked terrible last week. They they couldn't get anything going. He overthrew Devontae Adams. Like, I don't understand how you can overthrow Devontae Adams. That's when LeJarrius Steen had that interception last week. But granted, a win's a win. An ugly win is a win. So good for the Chiefs. I, I, I congratulate the Chiefs for that. And that the defense is finally, you know, forcing some turnovers. But we're still seeing the turnovers by Patrick Mahomes. He has double-digit turnovers. It's only week 10. He's throwing an interception per game pretty much. That's not good. But I do say that the Chiefs win, they will force at least two turnovers, whether that's a fumble or whether it's an interception. Because I can see a fumble happening. I can see Willie Gay possibly dropping back into coverage as he got that interception uh, what, a week ago or two weeks ago. I can see that happening again. I, I, I truly can because Willie Gay is one of the best coverage linebackers. I wouldn't say in the NFL, but he could be a top 15 to top 20 guy for being a coverage linebacker. We, we, I, we, I could just see that by what the eye test. Like this, this linebacker core might be young, well, besides Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman, but it might be young. But within the next two to three years, this linebacker core might be one of the best in the league because of how everybody's being like, not homegrown talent, which it's truly typically what it is, but with Willie Gay two years ago being drafted and this past year, my guy Nick Bolton being drafted, which completely hit that lock on that one, whether it was in the first round or the second round. I said the Chiefs need to go all in on Nick Bolton, and guess what? 
fell to him. Way went all in on Nick Bolton, and he's leading the league, I think, in tackles as a rookie. Congratulations to Nick Bolton. That is my guy. But I still think the Chiefs are not going to win this game. This offense has been stagnant for the past three to four weeks. Patrick Mahomes has not looked efficient. I think Patrick Mahomes might have the yips. And if you don't know what the yips is, the yips is like, we'll put it into a baseball term, because usually that's where we usually hear the yips at. John Lester for the St. Louis Cardinals, I think he, I believe he's a free agent right now. Last year, played the St. Louis Cardinals, long-time Boston Red Sox, long-time uh, Chicago Cub. Had a cup of coffee with the Washington Nationals last year and also a cup of coffee with the, with the Athletics Cardinals last year as well. So he can't throw the ball over the first base on a pickoff attempt. He just refuses to throw it over there. He's just going to lob it over. That's why so many still stolen bases are always against John Lester. Good thing he had Yadier Molina for at least 20 of his games to throw out runners. But still, John Lester has the yips on throwing the ball over the first base. Pitcher can have a yips throwing the ball to home plates. He won't be able to have, like, usually a guy that's like, oh, I can throw over 100. Something bad happens. Could be a get hit by the ball or just not being able to find your command in that 100-mile-an-hour fastball might go down to a 70-mile-an-hour fastball because you're just trying to focus and everything's blocked out and it's all mental. Patrick Mahomes is overthrowing Tyreek Hill. He's running out of the pocket, clean pockets, I might add you, and he's still overthrowing. And I, we could see frustration upon a guy like Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is the best receiver on this team. He has the best hands on this team. He can block out and... Whenever you need a block, especially if you're downfield and Patrick Mahomes, say, throws a pass to either Demarcus Robinson, which is going to be a slant, or McCole Hartman, which is going to be a slant, or a check down to Daryl or Jarek McKinnon because, I mean, he can't throw it far. That's why Travis Kelsey's there. If he is deep and the ball has happened to be thrown as a check down, he can help block, which Travis Kelsey's pretty good at that. But Patrick Mahomes has the yips. Clean pockets and escaping. This could be a factor from the Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes ran 500 yards laterally, not forward and back, which you're supposed to do. He ran, well, I mean, he did run it back, but he needs to run it forward, going north to south rather than east to west. For 500 yards of just scrambling and not converting a pass, well, I mean, he did convert some passes, but still running so much around the pocket in that Super Bowl, I think has gotten to Patrick Mahomes. I think it has. I don't know if it's the, also the concussion that happened last year as well during the, the playoffs against the, the, the Browns. But there's just something wrong with Patrick Mahomes. And he needs to, if he wants to say that he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, don't get me wrong, he's still talented. It's just when he finds it, which he's been digging for on all in his bag of tricks that he has in that burlap sack next to him, he needs to find it in order to get through this. Because you, he never overthrows Tyreek Hill. He never does. So right there, it shows to me that he's forcing something. Granted, there's been a cover two defense this entire time. Raiders play a nickel, but they could probably drop back into a cover two and, and, and like maybe show a nickel. I mean, that's that the speed is what has helped this defense on the Raiders for their, their coverage. The only thing that the defense is not good at is running. That's something that the Chiefs don't do is run the football. They might as well say that they pass 65% of the time just like the L.A. Rams do. Heck, I think the, the Chiefs actually throw about 75% of the time, which that's why I'm still shocked OBJ didn't decide to try to come to Kansas City. He's, he became a L.A. Ram, if you didn't know. That happened, what, two days ago on Thursday? No, the Chiefs are... I, I don't see the Chiefs winning this game. I do see the Chiefs-Raiders splitting their series like last year. Kind of like, honestly, last year, 
the Raiders should have beat the Chiefs twice. If it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes, which he's incredible at what he does, running, running out of the pocket, acting like he's going to run, forces Jonathan Abram, the safety, to come up, and that makes Travis Kelsey shift to where Jonathan Abram was at in the end zone, touchdown for, like, what, 20 seconds left in the game? That They won on that drive. Then the Raiders just applied so much pressure to Patrick Mahomes, which, do I mind add you, they are good at pressuring the quarterbacks. With Max Crosby on one side, who Andrew Wiley's going to have a tough test going up against, and on the opposite side of that is Yannick Ngakwe. This defense and pass rush for the Las Vegas Raiders is going to get to Patrick Mahomes a lot tomorrow night. And if they get to Patrick Mahomes more than 10 times, force over 10 pressures, force over 10 scrambles around, not forward, but around kind of like the Super Bowl was, it's going to be a long day for Patrick Mahomes. It will. I'm not set Orlando Brown being the tackle on the left side. I think you should probably move Orlando Brown back to that right side, but I know he wants to be that, that, that left tackle like his father. Trust me, I get it. I get it. But I don't think... I, I think the Ravens are right about something. I think he is a right tackle. He was a good right ta- a great right tackle over there in uh, for Baltimore. He's not... He's a, a decently average left tackle. I think Eric Fisher would still be a lot better than what Orlando Brown Jr. is right now. I really do. And heck, Eric Fisher's keeping Carson Wentz upright. I still think they should have kept Fisher, but that's just me. I I, I used to harp on Eric Fisher so much, but then I realized how good he was on a bad offensive line for the past two years. Then I'm like, okay, Eric Fisher's actually pretty darn good. This pass rush for the Raiders, though, is going to be a nightmare for Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's just what's going to happen. So I got the Raiders beating the Chiefs 28-24. to 24. Let me know what you guys think what the final score is going to be. I, I still believe this, this is going to be a split series. Raiders probably going to lose in December at Arrowhead because, well, quote-unquote, Derek Carr can't play under 50 degrees, which he can but luckily, get the games. The thing is, you just got to win the games that are meant to be won. And the Raiders are actually playing a dome now. Well, dome, they have the glass panels to open them up. But yeah, no, they, they play over technically in the desert of Las Vegas. So I, I think it's fine. And the Raiders are going to be good. They're going to, this, this AFC is completely wide open. Heck, the fact that the, the Chiefs won those two bad games back to back weeks actually put them up into a, what, a five and five record. Or a five and four record because they're above five hundred now. The, this AFC West is completely still wide open. Everybody has, I think, five wins. Even the Chargers do, which we'll get to the money lines a bit later on. But I, I will harp on the Chargers. But it's just wide open for this AFC West. Like anybody can seriously win this division. Raiders are sitting at five and three. Chiefs sitting at five and four. It's wide open, and it's been the Chiefs AFC for six straight years. It could possibly be a seventh. I still think the Chiefs are still the best team in the AFC West. But, man, the Chargers are pushing it and the Raiders are pushing it. Raiders just had some bad luck this year. The, with the all that stuff they can't about John Gruden, he gone. Henry Ruggs, which being stupid, being absolutely stupid, drinking and driving and killing the that, that innocent woman and her, and her pet, and then Damien Arnett going on social media with guns and threatening to shoot people? Like, what's going on? Like, what, what is going on in Las Vegas? Like, with those players and the coach. 
that's been it's been a rough season for the other like the, all the personnel too, and then with your team and then having all that stuff happen in the team, it's it doesn't it it might shift or shake a locker room, which I mean that could be the reason for the struggles last week against the Giants for the Raiders. It's just ridiculous. It's what's happening in Las Vegas for the Raiders is probably going to get fixed this week against the Chiefs. Tomorrow night, 7.25, I think, is what kickoff is on Sunday Night Football. Make sure you do that. Also, make sure you tune into the Arrowhead Pride postgame show, which should start at midnight. So 12 a.m. will go to 2 a.m. It will be on our sister station over on 610 Sports Radio, hosted by Jay Binkley, and, of course, moi is your producer for that. So, yeah, now this is Saturdays with Cray right here on the Bet 1660. We're going to get this to, uh, you know what, coming up after the break. There's a lockout that concerns me. Next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. We're back at it here. Saturdays with Kramer. I'm Kramer. (laughs) As always, you can chime into the show. At Kramer Talks on Twitter. You can tweet me, text me, do whatever. If you know how to get a hold of me, just text me or get a hold of me in somehow. Because uh, uh, I know that last topic is, I wouldn't say a little controversial in this area, but being a Raiders fan in Kansas City is kind of, I would say, a little bit controversial. Coming in, writing, actually, no, it's pretty sweet. When uh, I was coming into work to this morning over on, I think it's I-435. Or I six thirty five. I it's it's one of the ones that it gets you from, uh, uh, say from Gladstone to uh, Mission Kansas. Here, it's uh, there was a guy, a truck, all decked out in Raiders gear. It was pretty darn sweet. If I uh, if I would have uh, worn my uh, my Raiders cap or something, I would have just like would have taken it taken it down and like showed the guy and just pretty much honked my horn and said, "Let's go Raiders." That, that's that, that's that. Yeah, if you want to get into that conversation, Chiefs Raiders, let me know who's going to win uh, in your final score prediction. That'd be pretty sweet. But uh, there's a lockout that is I I feel like it's on the horizon. Um, a lockout to the sport that is near and dear to my heart. A lockout to the sport that is it's it's uh, two years ago. There's a 60 game sprint. I think you all know what the the sport I'm talking about. Baseball. Uh, there was a 60-game sprint due to COVID. And I remember talking with uh, Jay Binkley saying that I would not be shocked if in a few, a couple of years the the collective bargaining agreement between MLB and MLBPA, uh, it's it's not going to get done. Uh, it won't get done. It's going to push back spring training. It's going to push back possibly making the, uh, the season, the 2021 season, no, 2022 season, excuse me. It's just going to push that back. Uh, maybe 100 games. I feel like that's all, that's all we're going to see. I hope I'm wrong. Hopes, absolutely hope I'm wrong, but I feel like all we're going to see in the 2022 season is 100 games. And baseball could bury itself into a bigger hole if there's no CBA agreement, that a deal f- for it to be reached. And there's still optimism, especially by a guy like Whit Merrifield. Because Whit Merrifield joined, uh, joined Josh Vernier on Tuesday for our Royals, Vern's Royals Bonanza which you can obviously listen to and go back and listen to all his interviews. It was Josh Vernier is such virtual Vern, however you know him, such a, a, a talented man. Getting to talk to Whit Merrifield, and this is uh, this is what he had to say 
about uh, his optimism about the CBA? Well, I know that that, uh, that as players, you know, we're excited for for 2022. Um, we feel like what we're asking is is nothing but fair. We feel like it's beneficial for all sides, and so it's really up to the other side to come to an agreement on a fair deal. That's really what it's about. So I, I don't know what their agenda is. I don't know what their goals are for this new CBA, but you know, as players, our goals are to have a fair bargaining agreement in place that benefits all clubs and benefits all players like they should be compensated and it should benefit. Um, and we think that we've done a really good job as players of coming up with something that represents all that. And we hope the ownership feels the same as, as us. But um, until that piece of paper is signed, you know, there's, there's no telling what will happen. I, he sounds very optimistic about whether or not this, it could get, a deal get done. Because the, the grand scheme of things, it's all about the money. Whether well, it's the money for the players or the money for the the owners, the the it, it's just that meet in the middle of trying to figure out what's best for both sides, and that's from the players' perspective. This is uh, this is John Sherman, you know, the big guy, the, the guy that's we love to to uh, just think about spending his money in order to help this ball club. This is what this is what John um, John uh, Sherman. Uh, by the way, if you missed that full interview with John Sherman. Go on 610 Sports uh, Radio. Go to uh, actually go to the Odyssey app. Go to Vernon Baseball. Everything's on there. But this is uh, John Sherman on uh, the CBA for the hopes for 2022. I'm an optimist by nature, but I will. Uh, I think we got really smart people working on that. I think there's smart people on both sides. I uh, I am optimistic that we'll get a deal done. Uh, I won't I won't give you a date, but uh, I would be surprised if we're not in spring training, excited about our 2022 season. I would not be surprised, which I would, if I, if I was, if I was Sherm, if I can call you that Sherm, I, I would say, Mr. Sherman, I'll, I'll be, I'll be respectful. Cause I mean, he's, I think Royals are in the right spot, but I think what Rob Manfred should do and what Tony Clark should do is say, during the winter meetings, you get security. You put them to into a room, guard it, but with the security, and I mean, you clearly put that room, fill it with as much food, maybe put some cots in there so they can sleep throughout the night. But they need to be locked in a room together until a deal has been placed, because that's what they should have done during the 60-game sprint. Granted, we got the baseball season in that year, during that, that pandemic year, which, I mean, we're still in the pandemic right now. Things have been opening up, which is gratefully. Lock them to, into a room to figure this stuff out. Because there could have been no 60-game season two years ago. Two seasons ago, I should say. There could have been no season. But they actually had something come through. And... We don't want what happened in 94. We do not want to see the, the players strike, owners trying to get them there. Heck, we're not trying to have a, a full 30-team replacements, kind of like the movie with, uh, oh my gosh, with Keanu Reeves. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see minor leaguers, uh, mink league players, the independent league players come in to replace Major League Baseball for itself. But they need to get a deal done. And... On 
November 13th at 925. If there's nothing to being set in stone, like such as like a, a like a, a plan or a PowerPoint or however they try to figure this stuff out, they need to get that done now. Because it's just going to, if they don't get it done, if they say it's not a full season for Major League Baseball, say there is a delay from when spring training, when pitchers and catchers do report in February, if there's a delay, just get the shovel ready and start digging a hole. Just keep digging it down if you're if, if you're the MLB because you're just going to keep burying yourself and burying yourself and people are going to lose interest. That That is exactly what's going to happen. People lost interest during that pandemic year. People lost interest during the postseason this past season because of how long the games were. People have already complaining about that. So if you already know people are complaining about how long the games are and whether or not they're trying to make the game a little bit quicker, add these new rules, make the bases larger, you already know they're going to complain and just check out, turn the TV off, flip it over to, I'm not 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 shooting on tennis right now, but hey, I'm going to watch tennis. Hey, I'm going to watch rugby. I Hey, I'm going to watch soccer. Those are all fine sports, but it's not baseball. It's not part of the big four in football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. That's the big four. Baseball is starting to lose itself. It really is. It's still thinking that it's back in the 1970s where the paper kind of ruled the time then. They, they still have that mindset of the paper first. They do. Not TV first or radio first, paper first. We want you to write about our players. That's that's the first strike. Because I, I don't... Not to knock on the paper or anything, but when was the last time you physically had a copy, a, a paper copy... In your hand. What is, when was the last time? Because I've never bought one in my entire life. I usually grab them for free when I'm up at Northwest. That's the only time I'd grab it, just so I can go to the sports section and have content for my shows when I'm up, at, up in college. That's the only reason why I grabbed the paper. Because it was really easy and really handy. That's the only time. Paper right now is not easy or handy to get. But they need to get this job done. Use social media more. Maybe the heck in the in the bargaining agreement there could be a thing where like, hey, we want to um, we want to highlight our players more. We want to get us out there. Rob Manfred already said that he doesn't see the Major League Baseball as a he he doesn't care to compete with such as NFL or NBA. He just wants to be MLB, which that's also another strike. Like, you want the most exposure for your sport because that's how the more exposure you get, whether if it is good and or bad. People are going to view into it to see what you have to say. And if whether if that viewing is by podcast, radio, TV, and or paper, people are buying in to watch or listen or read. If you're not getting that exposure, how are you going to make money? If you're the MLB, you're just digging yourself. There's another another shovel going into the ground. Hear the, hear the clink of it um, uh, as you're walking uh, down the street. If, uh, yeah. MLB is in a bad spot right now, and I absolutely hate that because it's just ah. baseball is something that was tough to give up knowing that at my time when it was time to go, but watching this and just talking about it and viewing it, and this is what's going to happen with MLB and how the, you know, Rob Manfred's like, hey, we don't find uh, that, that piece of metal over there, which he called the World Series trophy. That piece of metal over there, it's just a piece of metal. 
oh, we're not the the uh, a top team or we're not a top uh, top league. We don't want to be that top league. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Bring back Bud Selig. All right, don't bring back Bud Selig. Actually, a person that would be a great, an absolute great MLB president or whatever the League of Operations or whatever Rob Manfred's title is, Dayton Moore. I think Dayton Moore would get stuff done. He would get, I'm sorry my fingers right now, but he would get it done just like that. That's one thing I do enjoy about Dayton Moore, which awesome. I'm glad he got promoted into the president role for uh, for the Royals. But yeah, no, that's uh, the CBA. Get this done, please. It's not like I'm begging you, but I'm begging you. I don't want to beg you. I don't want to be on my hands and knees praying and say, please get this done. Please, please, please. But I'm at that point, and I'll be extremely at that point when it comes to winter meetings, and nothing's gotten done. Nothing. Winter meetings is about in a month. I'm pretty sure it's a, I, it might be in Nashville again. It might be in Las Vegas. I know last year was in New York. But it needs to get done. Or MLB, you can just sign it off. You're gonna. It's Granted, it viewership did go up a little bit because, I mean, it's sports. People are going to watch sports, especially in the Kansas City market. Everybody in Kansas City watches sports, which is awesome. It's fantastic. That's why we need more sports teams in Kansas City. That's for a topic for another discussion. But people want to watch baseball. And if baseball is not on for a full 162, granted, people have already complained about that too. Oh, the season's way too long. But the, for the season to be way too long for 162, which I don't see it is long at all, it's a grind. It's That is why the World Series trophy means so much because you have that grind. You have that grind where it's a little bit chilly out. Then it gets extremely hot, then it gets cold again throughout the season, and then you play in October to win the World Series. And that is why the the two World Series runs in Kansas City from 2014 and also 2015 was so electric and so fabulous for the city compared to Kansas City Chiefs going to Super Bowl winning and then going to Super Bowl again, it's there's just a different aspect. We know there is well, I mean there were 17 games last year. Well, 17 weeks. Uh, it baseball is such a grind and there's so much appreciation for it that it's going to be deteriorated when the CBA doesn't get it reached. So if I'm MLB right now and MLBPA, the players association. Get the deal done before spring training. Because if it's like, say it's January 31st, and whether if it's Tony Clark or Rob Manford, knock on the door. All right, let's get this done. Let's uh, start pushing it off way too long. Let's get it done. I know in a, a week and a half, we're going to have pitchers and catchers report, but I think we get it done in a week and a half. There's no way in hell you're going to get it done in a week and a half. There isn't. If there was a 1994 lockout, granted, that was 94, but that is wild. That, what is it going to be, 20 years? 22, no, 30 years from then? I, my math right now isn't working. I, I've, I took too many bumps last night on the wrestling mat. Getting more of that a little bit later. If it got, if it got pushed off for a full season in 94, I could see it being pushed off again. Heck, the, like the, what, the most recent lockout, was it the NBA one or the NHL one? 
It could have been an NFL one. But yeah, no, the ML, it's protect your players, protect your own, get it done. That's all I have to say with it. This is Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. And of course, this is a betting network on the bet. So let's try to, you know, make some money. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. I know you all can't uh, see me right now. By the way, sorry, it's a crime right here on the Bet 1660. I know you all can't see me right now, but I love this beat. Like, I, I just don't know why. That I, it's just, it's nice and groovy. You couldn't see me, but I was bobbing my head beforehand. I, I was just, you know, getting at it. You know who's going to be getting at it, though? Myself, because I'm going to be getting at it on the monies. I'm hoping, hoping. We we got football tomorrow. We got football today. I, 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 I sh- I, I, I tend to go away from betting on college football because I hate to I, I admit it. I'll admit it right now. I have only watched Michigan football games this year. I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan. That's why uh, Josh Verdier and myself have a great uh, great common bond. Um, uh, being disappointed by Michigan State two weeks ago, but I I, I admit it. I, I've only watched a f- handful of Michigan games, and that's the only games I've watched of college football this year. Because usually, typically, from uh, usually Thanksgiving break around that time for everybody. I like to go through all, just you know, do my eye test uh, prepping for the NFL draft of just because I mean I love the NFL draft. Probably one of my favorite things to do and to cover is the NFL draft. So I, that's well, that's when I'll do it. And granted, this year I just haven't been watching college football. It's because I've been catching up on sleep pretty much on my Thursdays and or hanging out with the boys. So yeah, no, that's I, I admit. So that's why we haven't done many college football bets and stuff like that, money lines that way. But you know what, money lines we are going to get into. Typically, we have Dusty Likens on here the past two weeks. Dusty, this things just didn't work out today to get to get a hold of him. But he did send me a few notes and stuff. I did text him. He's like, hey, hey you can use this for your show if you want. I'm like, oh, perfect, Dusty, you the man. But let's go with money lines this week for the the for the NFL money line lines is what I'm going to title this and. Here's the thing. I've got three money lines that I believe will hit. And granted, it's not big. It's not, it's, it's, they're, they're not the negative ones. They're all the plus ones, of course. Cause I mean, you put a dollar in on this plus 135, you're going to make some, you're going to make some, you're going to make some coin. You're, you are, you will. So this is why you need to take the Minnesota Vikings this week, a plus 135. Take the Minnesota Vikings. Cause it's just, it's odd to say this, but Kirk Cousins, Always keeps the Vikings in the game. He, he he always does, and that is one of the the traits Kirk Cousins do, does have. Is you know what? I'll keep you in this, but will you win this? Eh, we'll we'll figure it out when it gets there. But then again, the Vikings are playing the Chargers. If they run the football, if Dalvin Cook does play, which that's I don't condone what Dalvin Cook did this past this this week that stuff got leaked out. Which was physically assaulting, I believe, is this is domestic violence abuse that that came out. But even if Dalvin Cook doesn't play, Alexander Madison is still going to pick up that workload. So I think the Vikings this week is a safe play to take the money line against the Chargers. I absolutely agree with that. 
Then your another one is taking the Philadelphia Eagles on the road against the Denver Broncos. That is another one that I think is a safe play. Granted, I know the Broncos last week won when they went. They traveled down to Dallas, and somehow Dallas just fumbled away that entire game. Which Mike McCarthy, I don't, I still don't understand how you're still a coach in the NFL. Granted, you might because you're you've won six games so far, or seven games. I don't know how many games they've won. I don't pay attention to the NFC. I, they Eagles take them this week against the Broncos. They're, Broncos are gonna be all high and mighty. Hey, we went down and traveled down to uh, Dallas and won uh, in Jerry World. Now you got the Eagles this week who've lost to the Chiefs and they have lost to the Raiders, so I think they're going to get one back on the AFC by beating Teddy Two Gloves and the Broncos. And the Eagles are sitting at a plus 125. Put five bucks down on that, you'll, you'll make some money. And the final one, money lines, that I think is an absolute lock are the Raiders. Earlier, I think they opened up at a plus 220. It's now down to a plus 120. So you're still going to be making money off this, and I still think it's going to be a close game, so you might as well just take it. I think the pressure to Patrick Mahomes is going to be way too much, and he's just going to be forcing a lot of bad passes like he has been. So take the Raiders at plus 120. So those are my money line lines that I firmly believe will hit. Take Minnesota Vikings at 135, Eagles at 125, and then the Raiders at 120. Lock them in. Got texture bookie. Do whatever you can do to block that in because I, you're, we're going to make money. Now, if you want to get your FanDuel lineups out, your DraftKings lineups out, it's that time of the, the, of the show to, you know, flex on uh, people because last week, if you didn't use my lineup, which you should have, it made you money. Always, I'm telling you, I, 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 this entire football season, I have only missed on one week on my lineups. Just one week. And that was last uh, two weeks ago. Last week, if you put a dollar down with that lineup, you made, I think, was I think I made a, a three dollars fifty cents by putting one dollar in. So technically, you 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 gross two dollars and fifty cents. So, Tony, this week at quarterback, you need to start Ryan Tannehill versus Saints. We did not expect, I did not expect actually, him to throw the ball so well last week, because with Derrick Henry officially possibly done for the season, he's out what eight to ten weeks, which is pretty much the entire rest of the regular season. That Ryan Tannehill showed out, and with Julio Jones. Yeah, possibly going to get added into more of a role in the mix. You already got Brown out there as well. The, the, there's so many offensive weapons. And, actually, and the thing is, the defense is actually going to help the Titans still stay in the game, which the defense has looked amazing there in Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill is going to throw it all over the Saints, I feel like, this week. It, it's, it's Start Ryan Tannehill. At running back, take Leonard Fournette against the Washington football team. Tom Brady is going to get out in front. Uh, granted, at Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin's a game-time decision, and Rob Gronkowski are out. So Antonio Brown Rob, and Gronk is out. So that means Tom Brady's probably going to get the lead with Mike Evans, and then they'll just run the ball the rest of the game against that football team. Everybody has like all high and mighty on that Washington football team defense, but it might be playoff Lenny out there against the Washington when how he usually does during the playoff time and just completely just runs and runs and runs. Start Leonard Fournette against Washington. At running back, start another one. Start A.J. Dillon against the Seahawks. Yes, I said A.J. Dillon because this is a safe 10-plus points a player is going to get you because they're playing against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks' run defense is absolutely dreadful. That defense is absolutely dreadful. Start A.J. Dillon because he's actually having more and better production-wise if it's a yards per carry than Aaron Jones, who's their starter back. 
A.J. Dillon is also a pass-catching back, which he doesn't look like it. He's a bowling ball, but he doesn't look like he's their, their pass-catcher, but he's going to get you those PPR points. He's going to get you those running yards because he's probably going to have maybe seven to ten attempts. He's going to average about 5.5 yards per carry because typically when they see him out there, they're like, oh, they're going to pass it. So we're going to drop back into coverage, and boom, there's a, there's a halfback draw play to where he's going to get five yards, five, ten yards. That's going to happen. Start A.J. Dillon against the Seahawks. Then your wide receivers. you got three of them you got to go for. Stephon Diggs gets gets the Jets. The Bills are 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 mad last week. They lost to Jacksonville last week. They only scored six points last week. They're mad. I feel like Josh Allen's going to target Stephon Diggs or Emmanuel Sanders. Either guy right there is a safe play. Start Stephon Diggs because he's the, clearly the number one target. At wide receiver, take Devonta Smith against the Broncos. Yeah, take the Heisman Trophy winner from college last season. Take him against that Broncos. Patrick Sertan's a game-time decision for the Broncos, so we'll see how that defense is going to be, be gelled and mold. So take Smith. Do it. Take it. Lock it. And your other wide receiver, take Deontay Johnson versus the Lions. It's the Lions. Do I need to say more? They haven't won a football game at all this season. They're still not going to win a football game at all this season against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Start Deontay. At tight end, take Dallas Goder against the Broncos. So Broncos, it's just the Broncos. Like they, they traded away their best players, and yet they're somehow still decent, I guess, for the last week. Take Dallas Goder. At flex, Dalvin Cook. I know this might be a game-time decision for him to see if they're actually going to start him. Take him against the Chargers. Chargers are the worst run defense in the league. So start Dalvin Cook. And at defense, take the Eagles over the Broncos. So once again, quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Your running back should be Leonard Fournette, A.J. Dillon. Your wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, Devonta Smith, and wide receiver, Deontay Johnson. And tight end, Dallas Goddard. Goddard, excuse me, uh, at your flex, Dalvin Cook and defense is the Eagles. Lock that in. Let's make some money this week. But also, you don't have to lock this in because, remember, you can use these lines if you want, but if it doesn't make you money, you do not blame me because, you know what, I am not an expert. I just get really lucky. I get really lucky. Baseball awards have happened. We're going to figure out who's going to be the MVP of the of the uh, National League and American League. Gosh, I just had a huge brain fart there. So the baseball awards have already happened. We already know who our gold glove winners are. So granted, I don't really need to list them off, but heck, Andrew Bentendi, Michael A. Taylor, congratulations on that gold glove. I know Whit Merrifield got snubbed for the second base one with Marcus Simeon taking it, but then again, Marcus Simeon had a well-rounded season this year. That's why he's a nominee for the MVP. He won't get it, though, because I feel like Shohei Atani will. So that that's that. Good for you. The thing that is fantastic, and I told uh, Vern this, that I wanted six. Wanted six. When I mean six, I wanted six gold gloves on the Cardinals. They ended up getting five. Five gold gloves. That's why this team went on that huge run and stretch towards the end of the season. Toward, was it 17 or 18 games they won in a row? But Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado, who also Nolan Arenado won the Platinum Glove, um, Glove Award for the fifth straight year. Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader. Five St. Louis Cardinals won the gold glove. That's the reason why that, that, that team made the postseason. I wish they would have made it past the Dodgers, but that's how that's baseball, baby. So congratulations to the dude. That, think about it. Seven players won the gold glove out of Missouri. Congratulations to that. I mean, that, I don't see a rivalry between the St. Louis Cardinals and Kansas City Royals anymore. I truly don't. Absolutely don't. So there's that. Uh, we also figured out who the Silver Slugger Award was. And catcher Salvador Perez for the Royals. 
Uh, he got you. He got you that silver slugger. He, he did not win the uh, gold glove, which people thought he probably should have. The catcher who won that was Sean Murphy, the Oakland A's, which had an incredible season behind the plate. But at, not just good. It, it was just a good season. At, not even a good season. A fantastic season by Salvador Perez. His first, I believe, fantastic season of his entire career because he hit over 40 home runs, almost 50. So, uh, yeah. But the MVP in Cy Young and Rookie of the Year and all that good stuff, the, the hierarchy of use of the awards in Major League Baseball, we'll figure that out my brother's birthday on November 15th. That is Monday. So we'll, we'll figure all that stuff out. And, of course, if you, I, well, if you did not know this on my YouTube channel, Kramer Santos Network, I talk about baseball over there. I break down highlights. Feel free to subscribe and join in on the conversation because I typically post my content on there. And also, I should add this too, if you missed any of today's show, it'll be podcasted later on any podcast platforms. Just type in Saturdays with Kramer, and it will pop up. It will pop up. So there was something that I used to do back in 2019. Did it for seven months, and then job situations, life situations, uh, money situations kind of deteriorated me from doing this. And last night was my first night back since December of 2019. And I got back into training for professional wrestling. And people are like, Kramer, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do it to your body? Because, I mean, I... I mean, I enjoy it. I love it. And that, this it's all about the love of the game, which that game for me is wrestling right now. My body is so flipping sore this morning. Like, I took ibuprofen. I used to call them my heating pad baths. I had slept with a heating pad last night. And this morning, I, you know, I feel, I feel fine. I'm, I'm sore, but I feel fine. But the, some of the stuff I did last night, Taking bumps, back bumps, front bumps. Yeah, no, I did it. You name it, I did it. Heck, I even did a handstand on the second turnbuckle by just being propped up in the air with my, my toes pointing straight in the air. And at first, I'm like, holy cow, I, I don't know if I can do this. And I got into it, and I'm like, this is actually not too bad. It's not too hard. And so, yeah, no, I, I, you can say I'm an acrobatic. I'm not a guy that's going to jump off the top rope or anything like that. Honestly, I'm kind of terrified of that. So... So, yeah, no, I, I don't recommend if you do wrestling to, you know, jump off the top rope because it's way too scary. But, I mean, it's fun. I enjoy it. It's something that is a passion of mine. It's something I'm going to continue to do from here on out. And you know what? I'll just have weekly recaps of what I do, you know, wrestling. I'm not going to expose the business by, by anything, but I'm just going to be out there, have fun, and enjoy it. And when I have a show, I'll let you all know. Gonna be, it's going to be a time, though, because i got to get all that ring rust off because there's so much ring rust on me. I do want to play tribute before I head out. Eddie Guerrero, 16 years ago today, passed away. Former WWE superstar, former legend. He's Hall of Famer. He's everything that people wanted to be when they grew up because of just how he was, the most lovable character there. And just, yeah. RIP to Eddie Guerrero. It's been 16 years since his passing, that's... Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. No, wrestling's a... Wrestling is a... Wrestling is love. Wrestling is life. Hopefully everybody has a great Saturday. This has been Saturdays with Kramer here on the Bet 1660. Bump at Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.